And that's when I said, no, I don't want a 15th helping. I just want to commend you for your restraint. Well, that's, I'm famous for that. Self-restraining myself, as one does. Yeah. Happy, uh, happy April 27th. 2023, we are here in uh, the the interwoven pirate ships of our lives. Uh, do you ever, and I, I think we're both very inadvertently positive people, but I, you know, you would when we ask that. people, how are you? Yeah, when, when we, I just, you know, there's enough negativity in the world. So I just cannot, you know, when, when, you ask people how they're doing, and their response is some damn nonsense about "oh, it sucks," you know, all this stuff. I just can't. I'm like, I'm like, that's a choice. Like, you know, so yeah, something's happened to you, but other times you can, you know, have a proactive mindset about yeah, you know, did I did I win or did I learn? What can I learn from this moment? Not what did why did this happen to me? Which I guess we all fall down the trap. Every once in a while, but uh, but uh, but the but the weather outside is frightful. <laughs> but it's not a bad day. Ah, um, sorry, my uh, adages are uh, crawling out of my uh, nose. But uh, but uh, but I was uh, I was getting some some costuming things for a, a photo shoot that we're working on, and uh, I said to the lady uh, that was you know checking me out. And and also running the cash register. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, thank you. I said I said, oh, you know, uh, how you know how are you today? Great day, da-da. and she's like, oh, the weather sucks or something. And I just you know, and I'm just my my immediate response was you know, well, days like today, it helps you appreciate the nice ones more. And and like she just looked at me for a second and said, oh, I never thought about that. And so part of me is just sad for people that have never had that way of thinking, you know. Well, on on rainy days, uh, unless they inconvenience me, which is the most important thing about weather, uh, I tend to think yay for farmers. You know, I don't mind. I don't mind rainy days. I don't give a crap i don't care about if it gets dark earlier in the winter uh you know what i've been doing this for over half a century and uh you know i anticipate that happening at this point it doesn't strike me as worrisome and then i have to go dark when i get up and it's dark when i get home <laughs> you know uh, yes. So, yeah, I agree. Um, we are positive people. The only thing negative about us is that we absolutely treat crappy people like crappy people. So you can call that negative if you want. But uh, I don't know. I don't think I do that enough. I'm just I'm trying to help them see that they have a choice I, in life and they don't have to be that way. I have a friend. Uh, he, he got mad at me because he was a big Elon fanboy. And I pointed out that Elon was garbage about eight years ago. And he hasn't really talked to me much since then. But anyway, 
funny how all of his Elon posts got deleted. But well, he's probably got a verified blue check now alongside yeah. his uh but as uh as Tupac. He he uh he had an organization along with uh another dude that they called it bullying bully the bullies. And uh I like that term. I do too, and I I I mean obviously I I I certainly appreciate the mentality of it, but I I'm also a you know try to try to hopefully get people to see the error of their ways so they can. I was I talked to one of my uh, neighbors earlier this morning. I in the middle of uh, accumulating uh, uh, kilometers and. Uh, they had had somebody that tried to um, break into their vehicle and, and we'd never met before and we were just talking, catching up. And uh, I was mentioning some organizations, somehow golf came up because we're, we're those people. And, uh, and you know, organizations and an organization I, I am on the, I've been on the board of for several years is doing their first golf tournament. And a lot of the purpose of the organization is you know, obviously through communication, but it, originally it started as a community outreach for uh, um, underserved communities, but to get people, students and younger people plugged into creative writing programs to get them out of breaking the law and drugs or whatever they were doing. Um, but just the idea of what can we do to try to preemptively engage people you know, so we don't have to respond to them later, which I always hated that thing about bullies, which obviously now as an adult, I'm like, I get it. People have shitty parents. Right. Who, But also they probably have shitty parents because the, their parents probably also had shitty parents and it wasn't, you know, I don't think it's something necessarily people woke up and just decided I want to be a piece of shit today as much as it was. They just were never given the tools or never had the opportunity to adjust their way of thinking about what's a, what's a higher, better way. Um, and it, you know, to de develop intentional thought, you know, and, and to try to see things from another person's point of view, which obviously, you know, it obviously has been weaponized by, uh, uh, half the country that'll still, still wear, still wearing those nonsensical red, uh, hats. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I certainly understand the motivation and I just, I know I had terrible bullies that I had to deal with when I was a kid. And obviously at the time, you know, you just want to physically fight back. But at the same time now, I think I kind of understood back then that their manifestation of the chaos inside of them, uh, is heavily developed by the violence and chaos that they, I would even say they go home, you know, they go to a physical space that has bricks in the ceiling or, and they walk inside it. But I feel, you know, cause home, home sounds like it would be too much of a familial relationship. Um, but, but I hated being bullied the entire time I was growing up, but I think it's given me a great empathy and I play a lot of people like that, you know, um, and I think that's helped me a lot is playing the kind of people that I hated growing up.
Um, anyway, not to, not to get off on a tangent. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, uh, uh, saved from bullying. My problem was, uh, that I thought my parents would be mad at me. And when they told me they wouldn't be, uh, it, it truly is a matter of you don't even have to punch the bully back, but you stand up to them. And it's funny how quickly that they back down and all of a sudden they're just kidding and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, a hundred percent. It was, and it's so hard too, because nobody's ever, I mean, I guess maybe there there are mechanisms in place now or modules or something, but I feel like back in the, you know, before the, you know, before the last 20 years, it just seems like there were no mechanisms of engagement to try to help people cope and deal with that and also to, to preemptively engage the bullies. Um, and everything was was reactive. So it's... You know, but I guess every generation deals with its own set of set of issues. Yeah, uh, from what I've seen, you know, school or kids walking out of school in support of their murdered classmates by bigots and and classmates that are transgender and being oppressed and things of that nature. Uh, I kind of feel good about this this uh, generation. You know, they. I think they want to avoid the trappings that millennials fell into. Um, and, and it is trappings because I don't know of another generation that has been lied to and lied about more than millennials. And certainly you reach a, a, an age, uh, 18 to be exact, that it's time for you to take care of that. And stats have shown that Millennials in their thirties and forties are uh, are figuring it out, and and I, I mean, I don't know. I I'd, I'd had a kid and worked a job for for quite a while and all that by the time I was thirty, but I was clueless until I hit thirty. Like, duh. It, I mean, it just takes time. I see it in most people. I know very few people that got their crap together by their 30, even if they are highly successful and uh, doctors and whatever, they're still clueless about themselves. And it took self-discovery for me to elevate my, my situation in life. I think that's when you you figure out the people just because you've known them for a long time doesn't mean you are stuck with them. Yeah, hundred percent. I always tell students just being being from a place doesn't make you of a place. Yar. And you gotta you gotta seek your own tribe out, and and to not feel bad about it. I mean, and don't feel ashamed because you don't fit in i guess i mean maybe that's even something dr seuss you know the uh 
recently multiple attempts to can cancel Dr. Seuss, but uh, you know, you have to be odd to be number one. I think that's Dr. Seuss. Maybe I made that up, but I think it's Dr. Seuss. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But, but I mean, that's, yeah, that's one thing I'm, I'm happy about a lot of the stuff that we do. I feel like we, uh, talk about ourselves on podcasts, but other than that, we you know, really trying to work to create an environment that is, you know, that people can, I don't know if it's called an incubator, but just so people can feel that they can rediscover themselves as artists and as, and, and as people and, and rediscover or discover new purpose and, and, and points of engagement uh, and communication for, for themselves in the world. Yeah, I, I, we do talk about ourselves. Uh, I don't find myself all that interesting, except for the fact that I had choices to make, and I'm happy about the choices I made. And if you aren't happy, and you look back on the choices you made, Maybe go back to that point and start over a little bit. And because, and man, I'm stupid happy. It, it's like not even fair. I mean, I I go about my day thinking about my wife 90% of the time. and uh, And I'm just a dumb, happy animal. Going do 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 do, and you know, a lot of that is uh, the ancillary choices I made that were long term and in investing in myself. Immediate gratification is uh, the downfall of many. A hundred percent. Well, and I think you. I mean, I think you have a and a. You know, and I'm, I've met lots and lots of people in my life, but I feel like you're a specific person I think of when I think of, you know, people who um, have stepped back and do have a developed understanding and are able to reference things and, and, and see things contextually moving forward, but also with a firm understanding of today's a new time to learn. We're always learning and we're always growing as we, as we move forward. So it's a good, uh, I just feel like that's always been kind of an inspirational thing that, that I feel like hopefully that people get catch that vibe, uh, when they, right. when they get to know you. Uh, yeah, I mean, you like that. I, I truly could care less if somebody likes me or not. Uh, the people I admire, tend to like me back and I think that says a lot about how wise they are but anyway um and humble yes and humble <laughs> uh you know you really don't know where I came from I don't talk about it a whole lot but that's the contrast I'm interested in where I started and where I'm at now. I mean, I'm not on top of the world in many, many ways, but I don't have to be. I, I'm 
I'm good. I'm not getting rained on when I go to bed at night. And uh, the person laying beside me just is wonderful beyond imagination. It's kind of insane. So, shit, I win, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all travel a lot. Have y'all, uh, I know Las Vegas is a popular destination. Have y'all been to Disney? I, man, she bugs me all the time, but I have no desire to go. Um, I, I just don't want to now don't get me wrong. I love the fact that Disney is suing Ron DeSantis, but, uh, other than that, I, I have very little interest in them as a company or a destination. I would go for free. And I well, do I want like to you, see you, some stuff like Star Wars, you know. Yeah. I feel like as many points and things as you accumulate on your in your different ventures, there's got to be a heavily uh heavily uh discounted Disney trip in there somewhere. Uh I mean through friends and things like that, I I wouldn't necessarily get a discount at the park, but you know, a week's stay would be a fraction. I don't know. I mean, I'll do it for her because she wants to go, but my counter proposal when we discuss such things tend to uh, address her other preferred destinations. Like she wants to go to Hawaii and I mean, who doesn't? But I don't think Hawaii is so much greater than the Caribbean that we need to to not hop over somewhere quick, but travel halfway around the friggin' planet. Um, you know, so I kind of balance those discussions out with affordability. You know, if you travel a lot, uh, you're either doing it on the cheap like we are or you're rich like we aren't. So. You know, when we went to Greece, it was a uh, surprisingly affordable because of people pitching in, us getting, and the the boat we were on was smaller. You know, everybody was uh, cooperative, so we were able to have communal spaces that didn't violate people's uh, comfort zone and things like that, so a lot of our travels are done in a communal way. I don't, I don't think we've ever gone to Vegas, just us, except for our honeymoon. And that was just part of that trip. But that all being said, yeah, man, there's nothing like points. There's nothing like, like I'll, I may lose a sum of money at a casino, but the perks I get, and comps more than pay for it is is only the only way to win in Vegas and in casinos is through the comps, not actual winning, not overall anyway. I don't know how do we get on that because I know I'm excited about the Danville Casino opening up. I am going to play roulette. Yeah, well, I was trying to segue into a Disney Ron DeSantis. 
uh, joint. Um, ah, nice. I'm curious. I, I, I'm surprised that this hasn't happened before. And I, I get that he has a hard on for himself and, you know, his, his, uh, totally normal way to eat pudding and whatnot. But, uh, I'm just really surprised that, uh, this hasn't happened sooner. And I'm, which is hilarious. He's doing this. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm, I can't turn the news off. Uh, I'm going to try to switch to sports center, sports center every once in a while, just for distraction. If I'm sitting down near a TV, but, um, I'm surprised that, uh, you know, for a dude who claims to be uber right wing guy, he seems to be as anti-business, anti-economic development, anti-investment, uh, which is another, you know, concern that I had with a lot of stuff that they're thinking or talking about doing in North Carolina. Uh, and this, it looks like they had a school board meeting, you know, at Forsyth Tech few weeks ago there was a drag show that a lot of parents that you know didn't have anything else to do were pitching a fit about um and uh and i missed the meeting and didn't live stream it because i was curious to see you know what what level of reasonable engagement would happen or if it would just be a religious zealot uh situation um uh, but there was one student there that they documented who was there to speak. And she, from the looks of things, again, I wasn't there firsthand, um, was uh, that everybody, the, you know, the parents that were there that were outraged were upset about drag queens and whatnot. Uh, but then the students who were there and this, this student who spoke up, her uh, concern was about getting murdered with bullets. So it seemed to be. I think you and I understand it, but maybe I think people that hear this understand it, most of them. Uh, uh, but I think students have a much more informed concern, you know, in the world we live in with militant right wing people that think they're being oppressed. Um, uh, reactionary types who, you know, hide behind, uh, you know, firearms instead of education. Uh, or as an act of engagement, obviously education's a, a act of engagement, you know, and knowing you don't know everything and you want to continue to uh, learn versus a defensive posture, uh, uh, hiding behind a, a weapon of some kind. But uh, that I don't know what the confusion is. The, you know, again, I feel like I'm the fresh prince of Bel Air, Bel Air here. That you know, is it, parents just don't understand. Uh, the kids don't want to get murdered and you're worried about a dude with lipstick, which is, I think they made some whole statement also about, uh, cross dressing as, you know, men dressing as women or women dressing as men. And from the looks of things, there's several women who, uh, appear to be taking a very religious point of view, but they're wearing pants. And I don't understand if they don't see the irony, uh, in that, but, mixed uh, fabric pants at that. Well, and it's possible that uh, if they have gardens, they're planting the wrong kind of things uh, uh, in accordance with what the uh, the Old Testament says. So it's very concerning. Very concerning. Right. The book that that the all-knowing wrote, then he had to write a sequel. Well, 
Funny enough, and I, I think it was an Old Testament thing, but you know, I, 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 I would be surprised just with the, the divorce rate as high as it is, uh, if all these women are married to their first husbands, because it's very clearly in the Bible says divorced women do not go in public and speak to men. Um, so it's, it's odd. Uh, hopefully nobody here falls in any of those categories. Um, speaking of uh, uh, Batman villains, Clayface specifically, I saw Marjorie Taylor Greene, she and her new boyfriend, they both finally were able to uh, ditch their former spouses and uh, right. engage in their sinful, frivolous uh, relationship together. Uh, do you remember, uh, I always mispronounce his last name, but you know, he played... Um, God, he was on Benson, um, but he played, but on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. the character, Renee, the character's name was, was Odo. Odo. Yeah. Yeah. And he would, yeah, he would melt uh, every 18 hours and go in a bucket. I think that's uh, who she's patterning herself after. So. Yeah, I don't even remember his last name. And when I heard them We're, say it not long ago, watching a panel. Uh, it wasn't what I expected, so I'm just not going to do it. Well, I heard him. I heard them actually say it the other night. Um, but I remember I was such a fan of his because when I was a kid, I think Benson was popular. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he was on Benson, and then uh, I guess the musicals. I wasn't. I was never super in the musical theater until much later in my life. But I remember my parents would have stuff around. But he and John Goodman were. I guess the most two well-known people that you would know their names from kind of the famous Broadway version of big river. And so like that cassette tape and then later CD was, uh, in the house. Auburn one Auburn I feel like I heard on NPR. Hold on, hold on one day. second. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm trying to play it. On the television. Renee Aubergenois. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's a lot more involved than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. Aubergenois. Anyway. Loved the guy on Benson and DS9. He was did on DS nine. That was just supposed to be the farthest outpost. Had that been a Ferengi outpost, and that the Federation had had taken it over? No, it was uh, a Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. It was. It it wasn't Ferengi. They they were just uh, players in in the right. region. Man, you don't even want to get me started on DS nine, dude. I think I do. You you do. Well, let's go. I got, let's do it. I. What was so? Uh, let me pull the thing up on uh, Wikipedia just so I say the right names because you know I can't remember anybody's names. But the guy, you know, the mate, uh, Captain Cisco, Avery Brooks, right? He was. Uh, I was never. Did you ever catch him on? It seems like it was a really popular show. I was never into, but um, with uh, Robert, um, the Spencer show, Spencer for Hire. Yeah, I never watched it. Yeah, I was never into that. He was very popular, uh, Robert. Uric, but I feel like he was just kind of right before me. Like I always knew who he was, but he was just kind of that, just a little, little too old that I didn't, right. I wasn't, you know, like I was still watching 
it might have been before Saved by the Bell when it was on. Oh yeah, 1988. So I mean, it was it was before Saved by the Bell, and that's one of the earliest memories I have of live action TV was Saved by the Bell. Don't get me started on Saved by the Bell. You don't right. want any of that shit, no, and I won't. So you uh, say that now. You say that now. <laughs> well, I I elect not to. How about that? No, that show. Um, I mean, it was well done considering what it was. Um, you're talking about Deep Space Nine or Saved by the Bell? Saved by the Bell. But what is it about DS9 that that you like? I liked that it was, uh, um, I mean, this is a misappropriation of the title, but it was a foreigner in a foreign land. Like it was, you know, the, the thing Judd Nelson would talk about when they were shooting uh, St. Elmo's Fire about the, 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 the excitement in life of you don't know what, lays before you you know that it was literally on the edge of the galaxy and and all these things i was, so it was i on liked the it edge of the federation which, federation yeah yeah vastly different um uh context as far as i mean there were plenty of civilizations out there it just wasn't central to earth okay well i think maybe my thought was because i remembered it because it was right beside a wormhole Yes. That was the okay, maybe stable. that's why I okay. Oh, that was the hook was that it was the first stable wormhole they had ever been found. Right. Okay. Okay. Now it's so funny. I'm I always laugh, especially now, you know, like cause if I was a teenager, what year did that show come out? I was thirteen. Okay, so I was still twelve when the show came on in, in January of ninety three. But, you know, like and obviously now I have the thing up in front of me, but like Cardassians and Bajorans and all these things. But it was always funny to me that later on, especially after the OJ trial and then in pop culture in general, that, you know, like the people, you know, the people think that the Kardashians, when it was the Kardashians were on DS9, you know, like they think that it was, there was some thing well, related they, to that. They were friends. Like, there was a reason and and it speculated that that is a true correlation that Gene Roddenberry was friends with Bob Kardashian or I forget who it was, but uh, I know that, that they were familiar. Oh, okay. Sorry. Were. Rick Berman was Rick Berman yeah. and Michael Pillar. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Cause I think Gene Roddenberry, I feel like he died in the eighties. He, I think he made it to the nineties, but I'm not sure. What's uh 91. Okay, yeah, October yeah, October yeah. of 91, yeah. It was shortly after uh TNG. Well, dude, I remember that's so weird to me cuz I remember like I loved TNG when I was a kid. TNG and they they remade The Untouchables for uh, for a brief period of time. But I just remember that was like that was a banging ass Saturday. If you could get a pizza and then you have TNG and uh, uh, the Untouchables with Tom Tom Armandus and William Forsythe. Uh, yeah, that's I, I'm sure that probably is where that came from. Because they, I feel like they're both about the same age. Because I feel like Kardashian was a. Um, of of the same generation. He it's so weird when you think about people that finger quotes die young. And it never sounds like they died young until you get older and you're like, holy shit. 
I'm ten uh, minutes from that. Yeah. Uh, have you seen all of DS Nine? Uh, I've not seen all of DS Nine. I feel like I kind of was getting out of that whenever Worf came on. Uh, fair enough. And it wasn't his character, but I just think like I was starting to get back into other things. I feel like that was like ninety five, ninety six, and that was about the time I got a driver's license, and I was just probably a lot more into wrestling then or just being out with my friends or being very vanilla right. and not doing anything exciting. Um, not breaking any cool laws like all the cool kids were doing, but. Oh yeah. So Bob Kardashian was just a year older than uh, Robert. Uh, Michael Berman. Rick Berman. Rick Berman. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. DS nine is different in the fact that. Uh, it was just driven by theater. They would, the lights would go down. There'd be spotlights on the two actors and they would just passionately display their talents. And it just floors me how great they were at it. Like Avery Brooks and, and not so much him, but uh, I thought Cisco was a weak character. I, I never was a fan of him on that show. And, uh, there were a few episodes that I thought he really equaled the other cast members. But, you know, the guy that played Quark, uh, Armin Shimmerman. Yeah, he was great. Dude. I mean, he was the star of the show. That was the main character, in my opinion. You know, and he was him... And Kira Nares or Nares, maybe, uh, who played, or, or no, I'm sorry, Nana Visitor. Oh yeah, Nana Visitor. Kira, yeah, yeah. Played Kira, and uh, those two were just fire, absolute brilliant. And I don't know why we're not doing them in class, man, because that was just brilliant, brilliant. You can count on it, week in, week out. You're going to see. Sorry, they're, high sorry they're doing they're doing heavy duty work outside outside the pirate ship. All of a sudden, no, well, yeah, no, they were amazing. Do need repair. They were amazing. They were. What's that? Yeah, the pirate ships well, sometimes and, uh, need repair. Yeah, they do. They do. I was I, fortunately, I've been happy that no one has come and knocked on the side of the pirate ship in the middle of a middle of an episode. Um, Terry Farrell was it? Was it Dax? Was her? Was her? Yeah, yeah, she was. That was always fascinating. And maybe did they ever do flashbacks where it was earlier, earlier iterations of the Dax in different hosts? Uh, they addressed it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I knew they talked about it, but I just thought it'd be fun, you know, like on the Highlander TV show where they do like, you'd have the emotional recall and you would go back to these narrative moments that, that, that right, would have been right. fascinating. Um, I'm pretty sure they did uh, have somebody playing, you know, the Dax being uh, in different bodies because you know he, he always called her old man so yes. yeah 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 call but, Meany. Uh, oh go ahead sorry no you go ahead he was i was he was amazing because i feel like he was he was so good playing miles um o'brien mm-hmm. but i thought he was great because you like he was one of the and maybe other people. I mean, I knew Terry Farrell because, you know, when you're 
a teenage boy or a male of any age, it's Terry Farrell. So anytime, you know, she, so you know who she is, but he was the one dude who like, he was, you know, you'd see him in under siege. You'd see him in die hard too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just see him in other places. He was phenomenal. And, uh, I, one time he played like a, like, a well, somebody who would be a MAGA person now, like a religious cult leader, um, on law and order SVU. Uh, and I, maybe it was two episodes and it was one for sure. Well, maybe it was criminal intent, but it, it was just, just, a, just exceptional, you know, and he would do kind of the, the, the country accent thing, but he was just, just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I saw him something not too long ago. I really enjoyed. What was that? I don't remember. It was, he was, uh, on law and order. And he was on Law and Order, Criminal Intent. Uh, man, I tell you, I do love me some DS9, though. And every five or ten years, I rewatch all of them. Yes, even Voyager. But, uh, man, that really segues into how great Season 3 of Picard was and the fact that there are more shows coming. I need to watch that. I have not watched any of those episodes. I read about them online. I know stuff, but I would still watch them to see the, see the actors engage in the, in the, but you know, for so many of us, uh, and, and I'm, I'm not first generation star Trek, you know, uh, it had gone off the air. I mean, I, I was, maybe I was alive when it was aired. But uh, that and Lord of the Rings were my sci-fi and fantasy. And and I love the fact that people are finally calling Star Wars fantasy and not, and not sci-fi. Because there's very little science fiction in Star Wars. Just because they fly on a spaceship and have technology doesn't make it science fiction. Uh, the base of the story around Star Trek was very much technology. Uh, more so on TNG and Voyager than the TOS and DS9. Um, we won't even get into these new shows because they were just a mess in many, many ways. I, I like Discovery for what it was good performances but uh i'm ready i'm ready for the enterprise g in in the series that comes from that with seven of nine being the captain and that good stuff uh but the original series uh i mean it what child does it not shape and I'm, I'm sure much younger people today had other wonderful, uh, uh, accessible franchises and such variations of Star Trek. But TOS is OG. Well, you know, Terry Farrell, not Terry Farrell, um, Terry Ryan, uh, you know, her ex-husband 
I think it was a Republican representative who got caught in some sex club scandal. Shocking. Shocking, shocking. Did you ever watch uh, Boston Public? I did a little bit, yeah. That those, was those, a good... Yeah, you know. the, those end-of-show scenes were everything, man. That just two brilliant actors. <clears throat> oh, no, think, no, not no, no, Boston Public, not Boston uh, uh, yeah, legal. That, legal. My bad. But you're Boston, right. Those, yeah. yeah, James Spader and uh, um, uh, Captain Shatton. Kirk. The Shat, yes. Yeah. Every time he wears pants, he shat his pants. That's true. That's and shorts. And you get some bed, he shat the bed. Uh, how the bathtub, the car, on a horse, yeah. on a spaceship. I would think that he would feel most at home on the toilet. Speaking of, speaking of something not related to that, did you see when he went up into space a couple years ago? Yeah. And that he was so heartbroken and dejected afterwards, and he's like, we're alone in the universe, we're all going to die in peace. And, you know, I loved it because that's pretty much the way I feel all the time anyway, you know. Yeah. Um, we are. The only the only thing we can do to the universe is magically let love exist because everything else doesn't have a choice. The vastness of space isn't uh, isn't going to decide to change on its own. That meteor that's about to smack into another body, it, it, it can't look, go and say, you know, I think I'm going to hug that planet instead of wipe out every life form on it. Yeah, that's all we got. All we got is a blink of time. Did you see that picture I sent you of this interesting take on a sandwich? Yeah, that was a thing. And i that's a popular question. I, you know, to, to start a lot of conversations with students, it'll be like, so is, is a taco a sandwich? Is a hot dog a sandwich? What constitutes a sandwich? Um, by definition, tell me what a sandwich is. How could this not be a sandwich? Is it a sandwich? Is what you think a sandwich, not a sandwich? But, uh, but no, I'm always fascinated by that. And then you wonder too, like that's, I think that's, a, and that's an easy, and I love that. Obviously the picture you sent me is a little more specific. Um, Very. I would say yes, because it meets the definition and I don't think it matters which way you cut the bread. To right. Constitute right. A sandwich. And just because it's called a sandwich doesn't mean that it's a functioning sandwich or practical sandwich. It is uh Someone being a derp. Like, clearly they made that for themselves and for fun and all that stuff. And if they choose to eat it, it's more power to them. But if somebody made that for me, they would get the side eye and uh, other things. Probably yeah, the eaten. last time somebody messed up one of my sandwiches, did I tell you about that? Oh, no, because believe me, I know about how how people are when their food is not made right. Yeah, I uh, was, I think it was uh, yesterday afternoon and I said, Mr. Springer, this is unacceptable. But, uh, 
Oh, I, I thought you were watching the news for a second because right when you mentioned derps or chodes or whatever, Mike Pence showed up on the TV. Uh, I normally, and yeah. I normally find that happens. Like when I go to work on a computer, it's already working when I got there, and then when I bring up chode, Mike Pence shows up somewhere. Well, it's can't wrap up all his time getting electroshock to try to make him a functional heterosexual. But uh, um, did you ever watch? Were you into Twenty Four? Yes. I mean, you say that the same way I would say it about the level of, of like, were you like every week watching it like I was? Uh, I 24 is the first thing that I ever binge watched. And it was a balance between Blockbuster and Netflix. Netflix would send me a few discs and, and then, then I'd have to wait a week or whatever, but I would go to Blockbuster and rent. So between the two, I watched uh, something like 124 episodes in just a couple of weeks and just fell in love with binging. It was great. I was between contracts, so I, I wasn't working. And it was great. I loved it. It, it was a whole event for everybody. Tell me where the bomb is. You know. Damn it, Chloe. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> Which is so funny yeah. to think about if it was a feature film, but just he was able to communicate all the other words through damn it. Um, right, right. No, he was, it's so, well, I mean, it's not funny. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, alcohol struggles or drug struggles are never funny, but it's always, think about people that are able to keep it together, but you know, I mean, I've never met Kiefer Sutherland or, or partied with him or anything. Um, but I just feel like he's somebody that's always just famously had really severe uh, issues whenever alcohol is involved, which would be most of the time. Um, but for him to be able to keep it together and be the lead of a show like that, I mean, I guess a lot of people do and a lot of people go to their jobs, but uh, for him to be able to have the work ethic that he's been able to maintain with that level of destructive behavior in his life is, unfortunate but but commendable i guess i don't know if that's the best word have you ever seen freddie prince jr talk about how much he hates keeper sutherland i have indeed yeah 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 it uh i always i would just tell freddie prince jr you're still the tallest guy walking through the airport so don't worry about it i don't i, I believe freddie prince jr as far as that goes but I also wonder how much he brought it on himself, maybe in the past. Partially. I mean, when you're that famous, that young, and you're a handsome cat. Well, on Freddie Bridge Jr., it's weird also. Like, I, I know how I feel about that, but I couldn't imagine having a famous parent who, you know, I'm finger quoting accidentally because I wasn't there, accidentally killed themselves. Right. You know, so I'm just Man, always... I loved Chico and the Man as a kid. I don't even know why. I don't even remember the show. There's something about Freddie Prinze that, you know, I was down with. Everybody, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of it, but everybody seemed to love him. Was that a spinoff of Barney Hill or Barney Miller? 
uh, was it or was it um, Sanford and Son? Let's find out. No, because I love that was what I loved, and I'll watch it sometimes. Just you know, like because you can find a lot of Barney Miller on uh, YouTube. But just I think it's the same thing I loved about Cheers. Once I finally got into Cheers, was that it felt like the same thing you mentioned with DS Nine, where you felt like you were watching a play, and you were getting to watch actors act in a stage environment, and it was not a. You know, there were a lot of long takes where you watch people work and not not quick edits where it was just, you know, fast choppy together and you really got to see people get into their characters and f- flesh out I these was, scenes and these feelings. I was six years old when it came out and it is a spinoff of Sanford and Son. Okay. 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 Yeah. Maybe I'll whatever uh, happened. I guess I can just pull it up and look for myself. But I'm always curious. Whatever happened to uh, the other guy that played the son? Uh, Chico and the man's son? No, uh, Demond Wilson. I don't know. That played played the son in San Francisco. I would just click on it. Oh, Uh, oh. Okay. We moved on to. Sanford and Son. No, we'll jump. We'll jump back. I was just curious because I, I was thought he was so good. Oh, and he's from uh, Valdosta, Georgia, but uh, and he's my dad's age. Uh, but I was he was always interesting because I can't imagine because Red Fox. I mean, I love. I mean, the th- I I can't take people seriously when they say they're for free speech and then they act like they hate profanity because profanity is just. The, beautiful language and it's just the fact that people especially people that claim to be free speech and then they all cry and wet their pants about some letters that are strung together because they've given up their own power in their lives but i lost a friend i lost a friend one time because uh his wife was like you know people that cuss or my grandma said people that cuss just don't have anything to say and i said well your grandma is dumb as fuck Sounds about right. Sounds about right. She got so mad. Oh, goodness. Yeah. That was so much fun. But that was an amazing yeah. show. What? What? So Chico and the Man, because I've, I've never seen it. it. It always sounds like a procedural show where he's an informant, but obviously is that not what it's about? Uh, let's see. Rundown Garage and it really it, it was a show in the image of Sanford and Son you know cankerous older man and a reasonable upbeat son it, it very much was uh, and it inspired Cheech and Chong hmm. that doesn't surprise me well, now I'm really fascinated. Um, oh, Jesus, where is... I can't even find it on my uh, list of things I can obtain. That kind of surprises me. Ready. 
Man, I'm torn. I'm thinking about eating a T-bone steak and making a two-egg omelet because a steak's kind of thin. Or should I wait until Saturday? Hmm. I don't know what to do. I I I think you're you, you're in control and you're gonna do whatever you. Okay, so he was 22 when he died. That's insane. I mean, it happens all the time. Maybe it's not that crazy, but it just it's hard to imagine. Like, I mean, I've been to plenty of funerals of people when I was younger who were in their 20s, but. I guess I did have a friend who died. I think he was 20. Well, my cousin died when he was 20. Uh, and then I remember on my 27th birthday, I went to one of my friend's funerals. He was, he was 20 when he died. So, but Chico in Demand is on Amazon for $82.99. Um, so Jack Albertson as Ed Brown, the man. The cantankerous owner of a rundown garage in East La- in an East Los Ange- Angeles barrio, and Freddie Prince as Chico Rodriguez, an upbeat, optimistic young Mexican who comes in looking for a job. Okay, and is credited with being the first American, well, the first United States uh, television series set in a Mexican American neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, right there. Cheech and Chong. Yeah. You must be reading the wiki. I am. I am. Uh I am. Did you ever yeah, watch I'm, Go ahead. I'm tempted to they got the they got this used for thirteen bucks. I wonder if it's all three seasons. Hmm. Uh, you were saying, I wonder... Uh... Oh, have you ever... Well, I'm trying to remember now. Have you ever seen... Oh, yeah. Did you ever Did you ever get into Nash Bridges? A little bit, you know. Um, I did. I, I, my TV viewing... Like, I went years without watching television. And then I'd watch some stuff. And then I'd go years without watching television. And... and uh. But I did watch some Nash. I I enjoyed him and and Cheech. They did well on that show. Yeah, I feel like that's. I mean, I I've only seen a couple episodes, but I feel like now, like me now, I would really appreciate that show because it combines all the things that I like. You know, like Miami Vice, and I've never super been into Cheech and Chong because I was never super into to drug culture. You know. Um, but I mean, I get it. And obviously it was just a revolutionary force in American culture. But I love, I mean, just the clips I've seen were, you know, where like uh, Philip Michael Thomas would come back on the show and then Tommy Chong would come on the show. And God, did you ever see the episode? It may, I don't know if they did it twice. I know they did it once because I've seen it, obviously. But where Jan Michael Vincent played his brother. I don't recall that. Holy shit. Holy shit. Go, you can probably find it on YouTube. But I mean, God, you talk about somebody that just lost their career and their life to to demons. But Jan Michael Vincent was incredible. I mean, incredible. I mean, he was 
yeah. looked like a million dollars. Brad Pitt before Brad Pitt, but just could not, just, just unfortunately, just could not get back on the rails. He died in Asheville. Like, I think I was in Asheville, like, the day he died, like, half a mile from where he was. Um, um, but, yeah, dude, did you, God, were you an airwolf? I feel like that's something you would have been into. <laughs> I'm currently reading a book about a guy from Australia that trans uh, transverses universes and reality and into magic and all that stuff. But uh, I, like today, they were talking about Airwolf in that book, and yes, I was into Airwolf. Um, even though you could tell, even as a child at that age, I knew they were reusing the same shots. <laughs> it was horrible. Oh man. But anyway. No, I loved uh I I mean and a lot of that stuff I had to catch in reruns or on USA. And you know, like after they syndicated, USA picked it up. I don't know if it'd been on NBC. I feel like that was an NBC thing. I feel like Stephen J. Cannell when he did the A team and those other things, that was all NBC affiliated properties. But uh but no, I just loved and that's the thing that I just feel like those would be I mean, because they shit they 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 shit the bed when they tried to make the A team feature film like the cast was good but i think they were cast as the wrong characters and they tried to make it too hip and i think there was a good underlying story because they had a great group of people but it just was too like hey we're making a cool hollywood movie kids hey let's make it trendy and i'm like you didn't have to do that like you just could have told a story with the people I think Action Jackson was in it, and he could he could have been good, but I think they just tried to they just tried to make it cool, and that's the quickest way to make something not not you know only good for one viewing. Um, yeah, it it Bradley Cooper's face worked for me, um, but that's a show that I quickly started and turned and and really around that time is when uh, TV became more selective for me. It, in the, in the eighties, in the original run of the A-Team? Yeah. Okay. And right, right. I, I kind of well, stopped watching mindless drivel. Well, what did you gear more towards? Um, books. I was reading. Right on. Right on. I mean, just billions and billions of books. And Carl Sagan. Well, well, I guess well, I guess that was my next question, maybe. And I, I, I guess we're about at an hour, but I do want to I do want to get more into this in future episodes. But I'm just curious where, like, what was maybe your the gateway thing that got you hooked into reading? If it was like uh, a Lord of the Rings type thing, and where did it? was start wars the bridge from that or the you know like how did it you know all that that classic meme about how it started how's it go you know that thing like yeah. i'm always fascinated about discover people's paths and discoveries about things like that i i mean i was i was fortunate to uh have readers in my family and uh you know it it was available I remember, I clearly remember when I learned to read and realized that I already knew how to read. But for me, a, a theme in my life is, oh, you're too young. 
whether it be medical conditions or mental abilities or things like that, the, the dismissive nature of people towards children is, is ridiculous. Um, so I knew what words were, but I weren't, I wasn't putting them together because I didn't think I was allowed. So yeah, then I was, I was off to the races after that. Uh, we did a school thing where you, uh, you would read one of their dumb books, see Jane run, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so this had to be second grade and I literally read the whole library, like 150 books in that time. Cause it, I'd take four or five home and there were like 10 pages of super like large text. There'd be 20 words a page. And uh, to the point that the school gave the award to the second place person because they thought I was just lying. It's tough. That's I think that's, I mean, half the problem with the world today and boomers especially, they're so condescending to people younger than them. Right. And, and dismissive of any of new ideas and, 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 practical application things that could preemptively avoid uh, situations with uh, disproportionately negative outcomes. Um, but, uh, but no, I completely agree. And I would, and just to your point, cause we, I guess it's been, it's been an hour and we got to, got to get rolling. Um, yeah. I got when Sean, when, yeah. When Sean Connery accepted his AFI lifetime achievement award and everybody would talk about, Oh, Sean, you made it and you this and you're a success and you're the greatest thing in the world, you know, and he got up and his, you know, at the AFI and they're playing clips from James Bond and Indiana Jones and the Untouchables, the man who would be king. I don't know if Zardoz made it in there, but uh, and Spielberg and Harrison Ford, Pierce Brosnan, Andy Garcia, all these people are talking, you know, Ian McShane, the great Ian McShane and Sean Connery's thing when he got up to accept his lifetime achievement award was, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, was uh, that he made it and he was, he, as a, you know, he had made it and become successful uh, when he was four years old and he learned to read. Nice. So I'd just say for anybody listening or anything like that, all five of you, uh, that, that education, you know, never stop learning and, 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 you know, functional literacy i think is the key to emotional and intellectual literacy so anyway all right well have a great day all right man i'll talk to you later all right see ya bye bye